Good morning, Faith family. Welcome to Online Worship. Today we continue our series in sickness and in health. Well, now we're going to listen to some gathering music from David Gerard. So grab some coffee, gather up the kids, and get yourself settled. And feel free to use this time to, to quiet your soul and bring yourself into the presence of God.
Miss Leah here, and this is my friend Sunday. I call her girlfriend sometimes. Do you, any of you have a pet at home? A cat or a dog? Um, if so, hit the like button or the, or the love button down below, or even type in their name. And why do our pets come to us and follow us when we call their names? Well, it's because we give them food and water, and we take care of them, and we pet them. It's because we love them so much. Do you think our pets know that we love them? I do. And Jesus talked about how a shepherd takes care of his sheep. He leads them to water. He leads them to food and he keeps them safe. He takes care of them because he loves them. And he also says that he, Jesus, was a shepherd and we are his sheep. He loves us and he takes care of us too. And when we learn more about him, we are learning what he did and what was important to him because um, of what we read in the Bible. And that is all because Jesus wants us to live our best life for God. And all the things that he is teaching us about are leading us to that way of living. And so I, and that's because he loves us and he wants to take care of us. So I want you to remember that today. We, we follow Jesus. We learn more about Jesus because he knows the best way to live our best lives for God. All right. I will see you again next time. And until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. Amen. Bye, guys. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal So lay down your burden Lay down your shame All who are broken Lift up your face Oh wanderer, come home You're not too far So lay down your hurt Lay down your heart Come as you are There's hope for the hopeless and all those who've strayed Come sit at the table, come taste the grace There's rest for the weary, rest that endures Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame broken lift up your face oh wanderer come home you're not too far so lay down your hurt lay down your heart come as you are come as you are fall in his arms Come 
warm as you are There's joy for the morning O sinner be still Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal So lay down your burdens Lay down your shame All who are broken Lift up your face A wanderer come So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. John 10, 7 through 10. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Who would have imagined a year ago that we'd all be hiding out in our homes from, from a pandemic? A couple of weeks ago, Trish and I went to see my parents for my dad's birthday, but we didn't go, in, pardon me, we didn't go inside and they stayed in the doorway. I talked with a couple of you this past week who are now, because of the pandemic, unemployed or underemployed. Others of you work in essential services, and you might be afraid that you'll expose yourself to the virus and then pass it on to your family. With all this isolation, I also feel that tensions are high and tempers flare. And what makes it worse, I believe, is that we don't have an end date for all this mess. If we just knew, for example, that we had one more month to hang on, it would be a lot easier to handle. I, I saw the other day that uh, the governor is allowing churches to reopen soon. And I want you to know that I'll, I'm, I'm going to consult with the church council about that. But my sense is from, you know, the people I'm talking to at Faith Westwood is that we are not yet ready to take that step. And there will be a lot of decisions and preparations that have to be made for that. These are also times that test our faith. It's, it's like a refiner's fire where precious metal is heated and liquefied so the impurities can be skimmed off. And I believe that, that God, with God at work in you, you will emerge from this fire stronger and more, with a more confident faith. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, Jesus says he's a good shepherd. He's the good, the good shepherd, and he's the gate. One explanation I've uh, come across is that the walls of the sheep pen were made of stones piled up, sometimes with thorns on top to discourage uh, predators. And, and once the sheep were brought into the pen for the night, the shepherd, uh, armed with rod and staff, laid down in the opening to the pen as a deterrent for a wolf or a thief. 
The shepherd was like a human gate, the passageway. Jesus says he's our passageway for salvation. He's our protection against enemies trying to destroy us. Today we're going to focus on John 10, verse 10, one of the great promises Jesus gave us. Here it is. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they, that is we, may have life and have it to the full. We could add the coronavirus to the list of thieves that come to steal and kill and destroy. But I believe that Jesus is talking about a more sinister thief, one who wants to steal our hope, kill our faith, destroy our love. Fortunately, we have Jesus as our shepherd. And what kind of life does he want us to have? Well, it's right there at the end of the verse. He wants us to have a life to the full. Uh, the, I first learned this verse in translations where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Greek word here means it's more than enough. It's overflowing. We, we find the same word in chapter 6 where Jesus feeds the 5,000 with just five small barley loaves and two small fish. So what turns out to be small turns into more than enough. After the meal, the disciples pick up 12 baskets full of bread pieces. Jesus multiplied it so much that there was an overflowing abundance. And it's a picture of the life Jesus came to bring us. Jesus says something similar in chapter 4 to a woman in Samaria. And again, uh, this Sunday I want to show you a scene from The Chosen. I just learned that, that the producers have now released all eight episodes of season one on YouTube. So you can watch it all for free. Or you can order the discs at thechosen.tv. The Chosen creates fictional backstory, extra dialogue, even some extra characters, and dovetails them into the Bible's account of Jesus and his followers. In this clip, Jesus sends his disciples off to a nearby town in Samaria to buy food. It's about noon when he goes to a nearby well and sits down to rest. Let's watch. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. 
I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come out now in the heat. So you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. The scene ends with the woman joyously running into, her, into town and telling everybody about Jesus. But did you notice what he offers her? He says, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. He wants to give her a life overflowing, a life that quenches her deepest thirst. And he's not talking about financial abundance. He's talking about an abundance that's far more satisfying. Uh, I'm reading a book by historian Rodney Stark on the expansion of the Christian movement. And he debunks the idea that the only people in the early centuries who believed in Jesus were the poor and illiterate. He makes a compelling case that from the beginning, people of education, influence, and means also became Jesus' disciples. Why? Well, they realized that, that worldly success is not enough. They saw something in Jesus' people they did not have. And they came to believe in the one who said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It means that God wants you to thrive. God wants you to flourish to become your best self. Early in the week as I was preparing for today, this, the Spirit seemed to bring to mind verses about abundance from Paul's letters. And one of them talks about an abundance of grace. Ephesians 2.7 speaks of the incomparable riches of God's grace expressed in Christ Jesus. There's nothing equal to His grace, His kindness, His forgiveness. It's the greatest treasure in the world, and we've been given its incomparable riches. Remember seeing the empty uh, toilet paper shelves in the stores? Why were they empty? Well, it's not because people were going to the bathroom more. It's because everybody got freaked out and, and hoarded, and suddenly there was scarcity. But with God, there's never scarcity. 
With God, grace is always in abundance. Romans 5.20 says, Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. The more we need it, the more God gives it. An abundance of grace. And God wants us to experience an abundance of love. Paul prays for Jesus' people in Ephesus to experience how high and long and wide and, and, and deep and high God's love is, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. A couple of months ago, I talked about the Hebrew word for God's love in the Old Testament, hesed. Remember that? It's, it's a way more than fond feelings. Hesed is God's loyalty toward you. Hesed is God's commitment to stick with you. Hesed is God's, is God's promise to never give up on you. Hesed is God's faithfulness to you even when you haven't been faithful to Him. There's an abundance of love God wants you to experience even though you'll never reach the top of it or fathom the bottom of it. And being loved by this love will change you. It'll transform you. If you're not doing this already, let me encourage you to set aside time most days uh, to read from the Bible and pray. And most of us, when we pray, we, we bring to God a list of things, a list of people that we're praying for, and that's good. But let me also suggest that, that you just take time, uh, at least once in a while, to receive God's love. Sit there and soak it up like a warm bath. Have you ever tried that? Let yourself be loved. There have been times when doing this has brought tears to my eyes. Experience it for yourself. The overflowing abundance of His love. I believe God would be delighted if you did. And in the life Jesus wants for you, there is an abundance of blessing. God wants to give blessings to you and through you. We find that in 2 Corinthians 9.8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that you will abound in every good work. And the two words abundantly and abound come from the same Greek word. So God blesses you abundantly so you can bless others abundantly. As of Friday, our team of masketeers has made and delivered more than 7,000 masks. Isn't that awesome? A few days ago, I talked with one of the ladies who has sewn 450 masks herself. You see, God isn't into scarcity. God's all about creating an abundance of blessing. I talked with another person who's getting paid even though she's not working. What a blessing that is. She re recently saw a Facebook friend say how hard it is, uh, it's been to work with the public at the retail store she works at. So uh, this first person brought a dozen cupcakes and brought them to the store where her friend works to brighten the day of the employees. God blesses you abundantly so you can bless others abundantly. That way there's always an abundance of blessing. And God is at work in each of us with an abundance of power. This is the power that God gives you for life's daily battles. So often, I think, we act helpless. We assume we're powerless. But that's not the abundant life Jesus gives us. Ephesians 1.19 speaks of God's incomparably great power for us who believe. 
It says it's the same power that raised Jesus from the death, from death, and it's at work in you. You know, left to ourselves, uh, we're like an uncharged battery, dead, powerless. It has to be plugged into the charger, to the source of power. And once it's recharged, then it has power. Our weakness is the battery that holds God's power for the daily battles of life. Let me say that again. Hear it again. Our weakness is the battery that holds God's power for the daily battles of life. Now, what, what do we battle every day? We battle discouragement. We battle temptations, we battle confusion, we battle weariness, we battle insecurity, we battle fake news. But we can plug into an abundance of power. And we plug in by faith. And by faith we receive his power to fight those daily battles. Uh, I like to record my messages uh, on Friday afternoons, but this week it didn't happen. I still wasn't ready. Friday night, Trish and I went to bed, and uh, I told her I, I was feeling anxious. And that, that was my battle. I didn't want it to be, I told her, I said, but that's where I was at. And while we were lying in bed, she said a prayer for me. And after that prayer, amazingly, I found myself feeling peaceful. And I drifted off to sleep, and I didn't wake up hardly all night, which is rare for me. Now, I'm not saying that, that this prayer is going to be an automatic pill so that you can sleep well every night, but, but sometimes God's power is simply peace in anxious times. And one more. We look forward to the abundance of eternal glory. The Apostle Paul says that, yeah, we're going to have troubles in this life. He even lists some of the troubles that he's suffered for serving Jesus. He says, five times he was given 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was nearly stoned to death. Three times he was shipwrecked. In his travels as an apostle, he's gone without sleep. At times he's been hungry and thirsty. At times he's been in the cold without a coat to keep him warm. Plus, he's gone through times of extended isolation in prison. So he's been through a lot. But somehow... He keeps it all in perspective. It's like he's holding a balance scale. And he puts his sufferings on one side. And he puts the eternal glory awaiting us in the age to come on the other side. And here's what he says. Our light and momentary troubles. Picture cotton candy. Light and momentary. Are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that what? That far outweighs them all. When Paul uses the word glory, he's drawing from the Hebrew word with the, with the root meaning for glory, which means weightiness. The, the splendor and majesty and beauty of our future life far outweigh our current troubles. Don't misunderstand. I do not want to minimize your pain. Today's troubles are real. They hurt. But we have a future awaiting us that is far more substantial than today's sufferings. That's our hope. And we look forward to an abundance of eternal glory. So I say, start every day confidently. Can you do that? Start every day confidently. Look at what you've been given. Abundance of grace. Abundance of love. Abundance of blessing. 
abundance of power, abundance of eternal glory. With God, there's plenty, not scarcity. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now I want to lead us into a time of guided prayer. You may want to close your eyes or gaze at the image on the screen. As we pray, imagine that you're penniless. Your clothes are tattered. Your stomach is knotted in hunger. You have nowhere to go. But this is a parable. It describes not your physical condition, but your spiritual condition. You are empty, worn, hungry, lost. Then Jesus comes to you and speaks your name. He says, come with me, my friend. He takes you to his father's house, a huge, magnificent castle. You walk past the guards at the gate, and he takes you to the castle vault where all the treasure is stored. He says, this is for you, the riches of my Father's grace. This abundance of grace will always be yours. Then he takes you to a door with your name carved above it. He opens the door to an expansive but cozy bedroom with a magnificently large bed. A fire is crackling in the fireplace. Large windows look out to the ocean. Jesus says, you're a member of our family now. You belong and will always belong. And this abundance of love will always be yours. As Jesus leads you down the hall, you smell the wonderful aroma of food. You turn the corner and see the dining hall with a table nearly as long as the castle itself, filled with a feast for all. People began to gather and find a place at the table. After a fine long feast, Jesus leads you down a corridor to the armory with suits of armor. He says, here you will prepare yourself for life's daily battles. Here is your suit of armor, a life of righteousness. Here is your shield of faith. Hold it up every time the enemy shoots a flaming arrow of temptation your way. Put on this helmet. It's the knowledge that you are saved from your sins and belong to God. And now I give you this sword, the Word of God, the Holy Book. Keep it with you at all times. Hide its words in your heart. And all this abundance of power to fight life's battles is yours.
as you leave the armory, Jesus says, you will fight many battles, and some of them will bring you wounds and leave scars, but in the end you will be victorious. Then he leads you to the drawing room. There on a side table is an envelope. Jesus picks it up and hands it to you. You open the envelope and pull out a formal invitation. Your name is at the top. It reads, On the day when all enemies of the kingdom are vanquished, I hereby invite you to attend a grand ball, a banquet of praise and rejoicing for all citizens of the kingdom, with music and dancing and dining for all. Signed, Jesus the Messiah. You hold that invitation in your hand. Then you look up at Jesus, who is smiling. You imagine the day of the grand ball and its abundance of eternal glory. And he says, all this is yours. Amen.
shelter in the time of storm. He is our tower in the day of sorrow, our fortress in the time of After we close, I invite you to go to faithwestwood.com service. If you're on Facebook, you'll see the link on the description. From there, you can uh, go to give to our 2020 ministry fund and to our mission focus, which is today is the United Methodist Native American Fund. And uh, you'll see also a link to a short video uh, describing that. You can also fill out a connection card and send in a prayer request. As we end our service, and as we begin this week, we remember that the God we worship is a God of abundance, not scarcity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning, Faith family. I miss worshiping with you. Have a blessed day. Hi, Faith Westwood friends. Judy and I are looking forward to that time when we can be back together. In the meantime, be safe and stay healthy. Blessings to you all. Bye. Bye.